0: Took a weekend trip. Through
1: time
2: to the pit with him,
0: he
1: was trapped. Hey,
2: look
1: oh. Slapped, oh, that's gonna hurt! And kidnapped. But they couldn't make him join How do you stop it? The Army of Darkness. From the director of Dark Man comes Army of Darkness, Rigatar. It's demonic. You shall die! Let's go. It's romantic. What of all the the sweet words that you spoke? Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Give me some sugar, baby. From Sam Raimi, director of Evil
2: Dead and Darkman... Get him! ...comes Army of Darkness.
1: Groovy. Rated R. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com
3: Hey, now, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. I... Read a little bit from the Necronomicon earlier, but I don't think it'll be a problem. So you have to Jason Rugard, he's gonna let you know what we're talking about today.
2: No um, <laughs> um, uh We're talking about Army of Darkness, the third in the Evil Dead series, which I, I guess this is officially the third, but um right. I, I it's always been the first to me because this is the first of the series that I ever saw. Did you see the For first two before this one? Yeah.
3: No, I uh no this was the first one that I that I remember. I don't I don't think I saw the other ones till after this.
2: As a kid, my best friend Ian told me about Evil Dead 2. He had rented it at a sleepover with some other friends, and mm-hmm. he was telling me about this movie where this guy, is hand's attacking him, and he's doing the how do you stop it bit, and I'm dying <laughs> laughing, and I'm like, what is this movie? And then years go by, and you kind of forget about it, and then Army of Darkness comes around, and I go, oh, okay, this is attached because the video box of Evil Dead 2 is just that skeleton head. So there right. was no there was no connection point for me at the time, and uh, I came across Army of Darkness on videotape. Did you see this in theaters or did you rent this as a kid?
3: Nope, video.
2: Video. Yeah, I think most people did, judging by the box office. Um, Let's briefly talk about this. Released in February of 1993, opened with $4.4 million, which is about $11 million adjusted, and uh, closed with $11.5 or about $30 million in today's money. So decent legs on it, uh, three-time multiplier, but Mm -hmm. a a box office failure, right? This has to be a money loser ultimately in, in the, in the early stages for universal, not now that it's become a cult classic, but in its initial run.
3: Yeah. I mean, it would have made, it would have been probably okay. I think, uh, you know, not a huge loss, but you're right. It was the, uh, the home video, um, that really saved this. Uh, and I don't know. I, I mean, this was you talking about Sam Raimi here and I do remember dark man when that came out and how, big that was um totally everyone for whatever reason loved dark man you know and i did as the well yeah me too so that was my introduction to sam Raimi, and then um uh seeing this you know a couple years later and then going back and watching the evil dead um and uh things like crime wave or whatever and uh i never saw it's murder i don't even know what that is but apparently that's the first film have you seen I know Crime Wave it's I've murder? never seen
2: It's Murder no. Yeah
3: Crime Wave Is interesting But Sam Raimi's An interesting guy He's an interesting director Let's say that um, I think we both Like him Especially a lot of His 90s stuff Um. So would you Include that in This in Your liking of Sam Raimi Did you like this movie Overall or was this A little too uh,
2: Weird Because it is weird you, you know, when I was a kid, I really ate this shit up. And mm-hmm. re-watching it today, I didn't know what to make of it anymore. Yeah. It's stuck in between the mode of being this so over-the-top and zany, and it has some very skilled uh, attributes to it, like the camera work and the editing, the special effects, obviously. And it's got a very, very hard-working performance by Bruce Campbell I mean they put him through the ringer in this movie but Mm -hmm. it did not play for me as well as it did in my memory of it does that make sense I I just yeah yeah, same for you
3: I mean I totally agree yeah this movie watching this today and I haven't seen this in god 20 years you know and it is clunky it does not play very well at all it doesn't seem like it knows what the hell its own plot is half the time and he just kind of wanders around um doing things i guess I don't, I don't know but you're right it's it's funny it's, it's well shot it's an interesting movie it's just a very odd film i i still think evil dead 2 is, is probably the best in all the series including the remake i haven't seen evil dead rise yet but from what i heard i'm it'll, i'm probably just gonna think it's okay at best and the remake is i i guess I would have to say that I maybe like it now. I don't know. I didn't like it at first because it's nothing like these movies. It's, it's way. It's it's a lot more serious than these. These things are, uh, uh, like, it's like these guys uh, when went and screwed around. They got a camera and they went and fucked around and made a movie. And even this Army of Darkness is like that. And this is a, ha, like, a high, a relatively high budget compared to everything else. And this thing went over budget. That's how, how high of a budget it is. Um, and it still feels like, just couple of guys running around fucking around.
2: And the movie declares itself to me as a comedy when Ash first mm-hmm. interacts with Henry the Red, you know, and uh, when he calls him Mr. Fancy Pants, which lets you know that, oh, this is some sort of goofy, I mean, it's about time travel, but mm-hmm. not only that, we're not taking any aspect of this as this serious. Um, but, you know, the geyser of blood that shoots out of that pit <laughs> when the guy gets eaten those kind of things you almost make it feel like it's parody like it's it's meant to be yeah. laughed at and not even taken seriously on any level which to me there's no interest or no rooting character or stakes to end this movie at all right it's just a series of, of episodes
3: yeah i agree yeah i mean you're not wrong it, it does have a weird flow and that doesn't help that you don't uh you don't really make that connection with ash that you do in the first two evil dead movies where he's really fighting for his life he's, he's in that cabin he's stuck out there and in this one it does feel like he's a little untouchable right i mean he feels a little overpowered in this
2: yeah he's a superhero in this, he's not the the everyman that he was in the other two. Also, it starts with a quick rehash of the previous movies. And why does Bridget Fonda have a cameo in this? Has that ever been found out?
3: Why does she?
2: Yeah, she has a cameo. I, mean, in I this. don't know. I
3: mean, I mean, yeah, she does, but I don't know.
2: What? I don't if know if there was an, inside, it. <laughs> if it was an inside. If there's an um, inside tie or what, but she is just in a very quick shot or two. Uh, it's very bizarre to me. It always, so
3: they were, they were reshoots. Ah, that makes sense. So that's why she's in that.
2: In army of darkness is actually a sequel. That is a prequel due to the time travel aspect of the plot. Elements, right. right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So they have to give you that backstory. Cause you'd be totally lost if you just walked into this movie. Otherwise, right?
3: Oh yeah. They have to set this movie up. Um, by basically telling you what, like the, the, premise of the idea of the actual movie right of the of the deadites and and like uh, the necronomicon and and kind of who ash is and where he's come from and all that kind of shit like they almost that's why they kind of play evil dead 2 and fast forward for you real quick you know get you caught up
2: yeah all the good parts including the how do you stop it part which always still to this day makes me laugh i still see my friend doing that in my head but um you know ash to me is the ultimate reluctant hero it that's what I like about this character. But in this movie, he becomes a caricature of himself. I mean, it's almost like it's more Bruce Campbell than it is Ash. In the others, I didn't feel that. I feel like the, the manic... The, the manic energy of the first two, to me, only shines through in the Gulliver's travel sequence, which is actually my favorite sequence in the whole movie, when mm-hmm. he fights the little versions of himself, and they tie him up, and he goes after, which ultimately ends with him shooting a, a full-size version of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that, that, to me, is, is the, my, my favorite sequence in the movie. Where do you stand on Bruce Campbell in the role? Is this his signature role? Is a Bubba Hotep? What are you feeling?
3: Oh yeah, this is has to be his signature role, right? I mean, I don't—you wouldn't know him if it wasn't for these movies. Um, and he—he he is definitely a a bigger-than-life character. So he comes off as Bruce Campbell pretty much in everything he's in. You can tell that's Bruce Campbell from the voice to just the mannerisms and everything. And so, this being more or less your introduction to him, he definitely is Ash, right? I mean, Ash is Bruce Campbell. Um, I don't, did you ever see the, the, uh, TV show?
2: Love it. Bruce Briscoe. Oh, you're talking about the TV show. I was talking about the Briscoe County junior. Yeah, I thought you were <laughs> going to bring <it> up. <laughs> well, that too. That's also very good, but I
3: was talking about, yeah. Ash versus evil dead. I didn't um, see it. No, if you he haven't it? seen it. It's excellent. Uh, really, really freaking great. Um, reminds me of like, uh, you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles, like good, like just oh, ta- just taking okay. something and yeah, taking some like this idea, of this of really turning it into something else, its own thing, goes and does it. Um, so I thought that was really good. But he's, um, yeah, I'm. I don't know of any other role that would be. Bigger. And he's been in a lot of other things. To be fair, right? He's been in that was in that Bird Notice show for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around. Um, I don't. Did you ever see that uh, the movie My Name Is Bruce?
2: I don't think I saw that, but I saw Congo. If That helps. Uh, It doesn't.
3: (laughs) Uh, My name is Bruce is as if, uh, he's playing himself in the, in the movie. And it's as if, uh, um, you know, evil dead is real. And so he's, he, but he's the character of, like, he's a movie star. He's been in uh, uh, horror movies like this and stuff. And he gets there's a small town out in the middle of nowhere, and they uh, are haunted by these evil demons. And so they get him to try to come fight the demons because they think he can do it. And he thinks it's like a movie, he thinks it's not real, but he goes out there That's and winds up doing it's. Fant- it's a phenomenally fantastic movie. He plays perfectly into it because um, he's that doting, just, you know, I'm, you know, great, but no, no, not really, you know? <laughs> Um, paper tiger um uh, you know just a great movie i know we're talking about army of darkness but go see my name is bruce
2: i will watch um, that i didn't even know check that, existed. that one
3: out that's that's a really a fun one kind of uh to show you just how well bruce campbell like really is evil dead
2: uh, but he's also Briscoe County Jr. And if you haven't seen that, they, it, the DVDs are out there floating around. I don't think it's streaming mm-hmm. anywhere right now. It might be on Tubi. It was for a while. But that's a great Western show produced. I believe Sam Raimi was behind that as well. Uh, a lot of visual gags, a fun Western, but a, a modern Western. He's a he's a good B-movie Harrison Ford in a lot of ways. And he does a good uh, almost Clint Eastwood impersonation in, in Briscoe mm-hmm. uh, with what he's doing with the, the strong jaw and... Just looks great in a cowboy hat. So check it out. So I'll watch, uh, my name is Bruce, but if you guys haven't seen Briscoe County, check that one yeah, out. Definitely. Uh, do you get the vibe here when you watch this of Kevin Sorbo's Hercules show? Do you ever get the vibe when you're watching that? Cause this is a very cheap looking production yeah. I mean, in like a lot that, of ways. Like,
3: um, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like seventh voyage of Sinbad type thing, which is kind of like what Hercules was in a long, in a lot of ways. Like, uh, the special effects were kind of meant to be kind of throwback a little bit to to those, uh, you know, Jason, the Argonauts type things.
2: The and stuff. and yep. stuff, yeah. Which is clear here with the marching skeletons from uh, Argonauts itself. And that Kevin Sorbo Hercules show was produced by Sam Raimi and Universal, mm-hmm. the, the company behind this, obviously. And I think that this movie would make an interesting double feature with Kevin Sorbo's Call the Conqueror. <laughs> I think there's some crossover there uh, with, with if you were programming right. a double feature, in my opinion. But I looked at the score. And the score here, interestingly enough, is by Joseph Loduca, who did the score for that television show with Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. But it also has a main title the the March of the Skeletons was done by Danny Elfman. And if you listen to that, that's mm-hmm. very Elfman esque of it of this era. It sounds like Beetlejuice and Batman um combined. It's Dick Tracy esque. It, it's very Elfman. And um the score in here is is one of the, the better aspects of the movie, in my opinion. Do you have a favorite sequence of the film? Does, does a part of it work better for you than than other? Do you have a, a favorite and worst?
3: No, um no, the movie kind of just plays for me. I don't really.
2: You didn't I, level I, up or down. It's
3: hard to uh, watch this and really think of it in segments, even. Uh, well,
2: I feel I, like it's. Be, I feel like it's before he gets the book, and then when he comes back from the book, it's two different movies in a lot of ways because he's getting his ass kicked a lot before, and then after he's the man, you know, and he can't be uh-huh. can't be touched at all. He's like a superhero. And it's fun when he puts the hand on. Come on, you don't like when he's building the metallic hand and and all that and sleeping yeah, with I the like chick I and mean, stuff.
3: But it just seems like that's just part of the movie. I don't know. There's there's nothing really in this movie that I would say. You know, I would remove or I think slows it down. Or so I don't know. But I also don't think there's like a best part. It's just it just feels like one whole movie to me. I don't know, going from one thing to the next. It,
2: uh,
3: yeah, I don't know.
2: I just kept noticing how frequently Sam Raimi's camera was moving in this. It's it's zooming in, it's pulling oh, that's back. That's how all they are, yeah. side oh. to side. And the only time it Sam seems <laughs> it's the only time it seems to be static is when there's a green screen shot involved. Uh, and otherwise, he's filling his frames constantly. It, it's very interesting watching him. Mean, even with the sound off, I rewatched the sequence uh, in preparing for this, and just looked at the editing of it, and it was just cut together. And you got to think, you know, when they're doing these shots and setting it and lighting it, it's so monotonous to do these little things, but you cut them together, and it gives this movie such a such an energy. But in my opinion, it's all energy. And then when it's when it lulls for a second there's no story or character to carry it through so it comes to a Mm -hmm. screeching halt for some exposition and then back into some manic fight or attack or uh you know horror aspect of this
3: yeah it doesn't really the movie doesn't really focus or deal with the plot very well it really doesn't have much of a plot he just kind of goes along he's got to get the book he's got to get you know well he traveled back in time so he's got to get back out of time, you know, but it's not, a uh, so involved with the characters and things, you know, it's more like little jokes here and there. And he goes through, uh, the motions of, of, you know, whatever part of the journey he's on, whatever, whatever he needs to do at that moment, he just kind of does or gets through it anyhow.
2: Yeah. It's, I, it's Ash versus Ash in this movie too. He's kicking the shit out of himself for most of the movie. I mean, the, the yeah. central bad guy is, A version of himself right an Mm -hmm. evil version of himself come back to life i i I wish i had the reactions from the test audiences i'm sure they were fucking baffled by this movie especially if they had no context from the previous sequels so i'm sure the audience Um, scores for this were were in the shitter
3: well we didn't know i guess i i didn't know i never really thought about that but yeah i i don't remember what i was thinking or what i felt like when i first watch this because it is it, it's weird to get that introduction of a different movie and this because this isn't presented as if this is the third movie but to get that introduction to bring you up to speed is kind of weird um yeah that would that that's just weird i don't know how do you remember if you thought that was odd i've never really seen a movie um there would be like a first viewing this is just this is the movie you don't really know it's a sequel but it, then it plays it catches you up. <laughs> you
2: know? I think my buddy had think put anything. me on to the fact that this was a sequel to the movie he had seen at that slumber party. So we had known his seeing the poster and the trailer that that was the same guy. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. I had, I, I think so, but I can't really mean shit. We're talking 30 something years ago now, but yeah, I know. <laughs> um, that's what I recall. But I do recall that the poster art in the theater lobby really sold something to me. And I didn't know what it was selling, but I liked what it was selling. And ultimately I don't think the movie lives up to that poster art. I mean, that that no, you know, not at all. Yeah, I, that is such great um, way to sell this. And in Universal's marketing team at the time. I mean, this is a year when they released uh, duds like CB4 um, and Cop Out, or I'm not Cop Out, Cop and a Half, <laughs> uh, and the Real McCoys. But they also had Dragon and Jurassic Park and Hard Target. So. 93 was a strange year for Universal, but I think that these lower-tier movies, they dumped a lot of these. This is surprising to me that this didn't go straight to video. Uh, because I think if it had been a couple years later, it would have. And I think Sam Raimi only made this movie so that he could get the directing job for The Shadow, from what I recalled when this came out, which he ultimately didn't get and was really apparently bummed about but would go on to do Spider-Man. Well, I don't so I think know. he's okay. I think that's is that just I don't uh, know about that I think that's speculation. A
3: backwards I think he got this because of Darkman um I don't know how doing this would help Universal at all this was the one for him I think they gave him this after Darkman they they just uh, I mean this was back when they didn't know uh or I suppose they weren't afraid to just you know give someone 10 million dollars and say good luck <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, we'll don't, they don't do that months. shit anymore, you know. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. So this was back then. So uh, he got a, a one for himself here on this one after Dark Man. Um, even though I tell I still it's it's odd to look back at things. I remember Dark Man being huge, and when you look at the numbers for Dark Man, they're not really that big.
2: What are they? What were they back in 1990? What are they uh, listed I don't at? Know, what what is it? It's probably something like 30 mil. I would say. I think Darkman probably grossed about 30 mil back then, which is probably close to, I mean, you got to put that at like 80 mil today. So about what, like a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the Chris Pine movie that just came out, that seems to be about the right metric for it. Which wouldn't be enough to get a sequel, because I was always surprised so, it didn't do the sequel. Yeah, well, there's,
3: there's a three sequels, right? That's um, true. Yeah, so it ended at 33, worldwide 48. It's really not, for whatever reason, I just, that was bigger, you know, um, than those numbers say it was, it,
2: it seems to me. Maybe with our our, our age group, our people, I mean, cause those, that marketing I campaign. My
3: parents talked about Darkman all the time, though we saw it. Like, they, uh, like, just everyone seemed to know about Darkman, and I don't really know why
2: yeah okay so was, Dark Man's but... adjusted box office is 82 million dollars in today's money so that's not mm-hmm. terribly you know it's, it's, it's a modest hit in today's money
3: it, it is I mean yeah I, I don't know I think you spent the money on it probably like, really not that great you know but
2: the, the, um, these things became cult classics, and I know they I know this is in hindsight. They paid for themselves. Though. That doesn't 10 happen ten times today over. And They
3: don't pay for themselves like that anymore. So I don't. That's why I don't think that's why they don't give you ten million dollars to do whatever the fuck you want anymore. Because um, I don't think they got ten million dollars to give you. But um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that uh, uh, Army of Darkness even exists. I guess because it probably really shouldn't.
2: <laughs> it exists many times over because you there have been. It at least seven or eight DVD releases, special editions, oh, Blu-rays, mm-hmm. VHS, uh, you know, compil- compilations, yeah, all that stuff.
3: It's very interesting that there's, well, they call themselves deadites, right? Isn't that, I mean, that's what the bad guys are called, but isn't
2: that, like they're like Trekkies of um, this universe. Yeah, isn't that what
3: they call themselves? The the fan, the cult following? I could be wrong. Maybe it's something else. It's something like that though. Um, and I just can't believe that, these movies have that cult following. It's, it's just so weird. Although when you do watch evil dead and, uh, and, and evil dead too, but, uh, you do feel like something kind of special is, is happening. <laughs> it maybe it's just me, but I don't know. Like
2: it plays, like it's meant for a video store. I'll tell you that. Um, it's just it's,
3: surprising that someone made that someone went out and just made that, you know,
2: and it was you know, a lot like, of work.
3: Oh, wow. And it's actually kind of good for like, just,
2: yeah, You can see a lot of this is shot in a rock quarry. You notice that? I mean, they would redress uh-huh. it. There's a lot of uh, cheating of angles. You can tell uh, reverse shots are filmed on different days with other things. And so there, it's a lot in having, you know, speaking to that, um, I want to briefly. There's a lot of great, uh, other
3: great settings though. Like when he goes to get the book and, and stuff and, and, um, castle stuff i they do have some good stuff you're, you're not wrong about the other bland just like dirt you know it's yeah very bland looking of it.
2: yeah uh, let's take a quick break here and listen to siskel and ebert's thoughts on the movie
0: That's Bruce Campbell as a Kmart-style sales clerk suddenly transported back to the Middle Ages through contact with that old movie, Standby, The Book of the Dead. Somebody must have made a lot of copies of that book and laid them around in creepy forests. Anyway, in the style of the Back to the Future movies, but without that series wit, he confronts these old English types with a modern weapon wow we haven't seen that before the best moments in the movie involve a ripoff of ray harryhausen's stop action animated skeletons from jason and the argonauts see that instead of this picture they're more compelling than any of the humans in this film now there's a lot wrong with army of darkness the special effects as you could see are great but there isn't a single interesting human being in the film there's also very little wit and this surprised me no real love interest army of darkness was directed by sam raimi who made the action hit dark man a couple of years ago in that film, we cared about Dark Man. Here, every man is in the dark. Well, I'm not voting thumbs up on it, but I guess I liked it better than you. And one of the things I liked was the state-of-the-art special effects. Oh, well, I like There's that a stuff. lot of special effects yes. in this movie, and they're very inventive. And I think I what Remy so. is trying to do in this film is kind of make a naked gun approach to horror movies and medieval warfare films. But the problem is. It's not that funny because most of the funny stuff in this movie was already seen in his movie from 1987, Evil Dead 2, which this yeah. one is allegedly kind of a sequel to. And I liked Evil Dead 2 so much more that I can't recommend but this But you know one. what I'm talking about, when he, when he's standing among the troops, the old English troops, there, yeah. you, they, they're meaningless to us. Yeah, they are. He, Bruce Campbell, he's a pretty much of a stiff, I think. So really, you watch well, the special I don't, effects. No, nah, Bruce Campbell, I think, does exactly what the role calls for. Oh, but he could have a little more personality. Maybe.
2: All right, so both negative, but it sounds like Ebert was more impressed with the humor. He compared it to The Naked Gun and that he thought it was a spoof. Siskel wasn't aboard at all. I can't say either of them are wrong. I think I would side more with Ebert in this and saying that I think it is intended. He says it's more like a Naked Gun of horror films. I don't think it's supposed to be that, but I do think it's supposed to be over the top and... Mm -hmm. of a lot of the things that had come before just to see what they could get away with. I don't think that they would have been able to get the rating that they had gotten back in 93 if this was as violent and as bloody, if it wasn't played more for laughs as it is. What do you think? This would be ultimately very, very violent and very bloody.
1: I guess.
2: Death is happening in this.
3: Maybe. It doesn't cross that way to me. You know, uh, I forgot. I don't know if his... I'm desensitized at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, and this is it seem gentle now, um, but I forgot. I remember that this is my boomstick whole moment. But I forgot mm-hmm. how many times that shotgun saves his ass in yeah. this. And at some point, it becomes uh, a bit of almost lazy writing to get him out of a situation. Did you feel that at all at any point? Like, oh, yeah, he just gets the gun again. And, you know, it's like the Harrison Ford Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. But yeah, if you do that three or four times, it's not that funny. That's pretty much what he does
3: the whole time. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the gun. If it's anything, that's how he gets out of everything, right? He to, it's, uh, it's he bumbles and fucks around. And then finally he is able to uh, win somehow. Still, even with that, he still feels overpowered. So I don't know. Figure
2: that one out. I mean, it's... Uh, and then the epilogue in the store. Did you... I, I To me, the epilogue in the store makes me... It redeems a lot of the shit that, that I sat through because that, that siege scene on this castle goes on for way too long.
3: Uh-huh.
2: They could have saved a lot of money by cutting that down, although they would have had a film that was unreleasable in feature-length time because it would have been under the... The the Minotaur, I think it's 77 minutes in its current state and it feels a lot longer than that.
3: I thought it was 80 something, 82 or something. 80.
2: Okay. Well, it's barely, you know, it's barely feature length. So if they would have cut that down.
3: Beautiful number.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's
3: anywhere around 80. I mean, oh, let's bring that. Let's do that again.
2: Do you think that that, please, do you think that that was a longer cut that they removed a lot of shit out of? Is there any information on there being a work print or a long cut? Yeah.
3: Um, I don't know how long of a cut but yeah for sure there I mean like I say there was reshoots um, there's an original ending of course where he winds up screwing up going returning to the future and he goes too far into the future and he wakes up in uh, you know post-apocalyptic world and uh, trying to get out of that I guess I don't know I don't know if that's though like, because almost that sounds like a setup for like a number four in a way, doesn't it? Like yeah, now he's now he's in too far in the future. Yeah. Um, but I guess I guess it wasn't because they just Universal nixed it. Said no, we need a happier ending. And then you got what what you got when the uh, basically he's back in the the apartment store or department yeah, store there with the, the department store but he's
2: invited the, the which, bad spirits through too which is a setup for a fourth one in a lot of ways
3: a little bit but not really it's just kind of like it just goes on and on never
2: ending let me pitch you an idea here what about a diehard type parody with ash in the s-mart against the evil dead Yeah, that would work that'd have been fun
3: that would work but that's why i think i mean, you just pitch that but you know what evil dead rises, right And so is that like, then why is that an Evil Dead movie? Because that's, is Evil Dead, if you make a movie like this and you make it super real and you spend like, like today's money on it with today's special effects and everything on it, it doesn't, it just lose the point of what the hell it is. Yeah. It's something else entirely, right? Why is it even an Evil Dead movie? Just make something else the whole
2: fucking patois goes away you know what I mean the whole reason for it <laughs> existing is gone
3: I'm just saying it's it, there's a point where it gets it's so different that it's no longer um, it's no longer what it is and it's not a retelling or, or anything you know it's just you're, I don't know you just you've overwritten this you think that you know making something that is more serious more slick is better and I call bullshit on that. <laughs>
2: I still would rather watch these Army of Darkness than some of these newer horror films that are coming out today, that are just mm. using iconic names and franchises. I mean, when you say Evil Dead Rises, is that the yeah. newest one that came out, or is that the last yeah. one that came out ten no, years no, ago?
3: It, that's just Evil Dead.
2: Oh, so this is another so Evil one. Dead
3: Rise is uh, is where they're in. Um, it, I mean, it looks fine, it looks fun and interesting and everything, but it's very slick, you know. But and it's um, it takes place in an apartment building. So I guess that they're running around in the apartment building, killing people, and people have to escape. I don't really...
2: I'm not into it. It
3: seems like a normal thing. I, You know, it looks interesting enough. I'm definitely going to gonna watch it at some point, but it just doesn't... You know, it's just not Evil Dead. And I don't want... I, I really don't want these universe things, like where I, I wind up with 80 fucking movies of one idea, and they're all different types of things, and it's all... and But, you know... But hey, what do I know? Everyone's a fan of everything at this point, and they all want more and more and more. So, uh,
2: this is what the problem to me with the last Child's Play movie that came out with the, yeah. uh, in the theater that that was I mean, in the universe of, but wasn't nearly as good of. I, I didn't and even that, mind that movie. That Chucky Television show is much better than that movie made, was.
3: Made changes, yeah. Made changes to the story to try to uh, modernize it or whatever that just didn't or, make any fucking quote, reinvigorate sense. Yeah, it the whole made franchise. no fucking sense. Made it worse, right? So that's what I'm saying. Just there's no reason to do that. You could make your own uh version of killer dolls. There's lots of those out there. There's no reason to to be like, "Oh, well we have to use Chucky because it's a known you know, property and people are going to want to see Chucky." It's like, "Well, I, you know,
2: those clearly disgusting. not, <laughs> because that Megan movie was better and it did better worldwide uh, box office there's as well.
3: Megan, well, I don't know, man. There are people who who will go and watch this stuff over and over again. Uh, if you just slap the name on it,
2: they'll watch whatever. Yeah, clearly, that's why we keep getting all these fucking reboots. The film spent um, it opened in the sixth spot. I should say it spent two weeks in the top ten, a total of four weeks in theaters before leaving altogether for the home video market so this was a very brief theatrical run if you saw it in theaters you're one of the few opened up behind mm-hmm. films such as groundhog's day homeward bound which trevor just talked about i think on our last show talking about strays crying game uh-huh. and aladdin so some pretty iconic films there that it was playing up against tough competition but even if this had the weekend to itself i don't think this was going to ever take the number one spot
3: no, I don't I this is definitely um an acquired taste, you know, even even back then, even now, you know, this isn't uh I don't think the Evil Dead movies well, I mean, obviously I'm wrong because they've remade them for modern audiences, but these original Evil Dead movies were just never meant for modern audiences, you know. Agreed. I don't think I don't think normal people are really going to be super interested in these um even though I, you know, I, I, they're artistic feats for sure. I say that
2: it's impressive what they got away with and how much work went into doing this, the special effects, uh, with a range from really impressive to just okay. But that's 30 years down the line. And even at the time, I think that they, some of them were supposed to be kind of hokey and, um, but other parts are really impressive. I mean, Mm -hmm. those, that, that sequence where he fights the little versions of himself, yeah, looks great today. It really does hold up. And even the skeletons hold up. Some of the green screen work isn't great. Uh, and the miniatures or the scales off a little bit here and there, it looks like, but otherwise impressive for what they got done, but ultimately un, unimpactful, right? It's not Yeah, that's what
3: I would say about it. I that's how I felt. Like by the time this movie ended, you kind of felt even though I did really like the ending, that ending scene.
2: It's a great ending scene. Um it almost reinvigorated
3: yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> but um but even by the time that ends, you're just kind of like, yeah, all right, you're back the same place as where you began, you know, same shit different day. I don't. It just feels like all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, in the, the the car landing with him in the old days. I uh-huh. love that shot when they all land at the same time and that car fucking lands in the background. I don't know why that makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> I have a note here, uh-huh. car landing. Cause it just, it cracks me up that this fucking piece of shit car is there with him. Yeah. And it's, it's, you can't use it. It's just, I don't know. It's just a goofy aspect of Not the plot. They all, they're
3: all looking at it, poking at it. And yeah. Shit.
2: <laughs> I mean this, it's played, it's played well there. Um, but a lot of this territory, Monty Python, covered in in ways and obviously this inspiration's the uh, knight in king arthur's court and that story has been done to death so not too imaginative in the story and the writing aspect but i think it was just get something on paper and let's, let's show them what we can do visually um i do want to take a quick break here and let bruce campbell tell you in his words what working on the film was like
1: army darkness picks up exactly where evil did two left off of a poor sap stranded in time with no hope of survival. I like the fact when heroes are vulnerable, you know. The thing that bugs me in adventure movies when they're trying to be realistic, that the guy always has to be an ex-cop or an ex-CIA or an ex-specialist. Show me a guy who's a CPA who's stranded on a battleship that's taken over by terrorists, and then I'll be interested, you know. then Then I'll be worried. He'll mash everything into his frame from the top, from the bottom, give me poles with flags on them, there's a hole in the middle, he'll put a flag there, you know, it's all filling it in. So he just shovels in all these visuals, and it really, it adds up for a big sensory input. Army of Darkness isn't splattered with the carnage and mayhem of its predecessors, but Campbell hopes audiences are no less affected by Sam Raimi's unsubtle blend of humor and horror. (laughs) I was at a screening in New Orleans, and a guy, he'd go, "Ha, ha, ha, oh! And he'd he'd get really tormented because he didn't know whether he should scream or laugh. And it was the weirdest thing watching this guy. He didn't know what to do. And I thought, ah, that's good. We really tormented. Because Sam's theory, only he can really expound on this, but is you must punish the audience.
2: Bruce Campbell there saying that the the whole film was rather uh, chaotic to shoot with Sam Raimi, stuffing the frame with everything he could find. And uh, it is visually sumptuous. But uh, I think narratively empty. Would you have lobbied for another one? Would you have liked to have seen this gone further with this in this timeline in this universe? Would you have watched another one?
3: Yeah, I'd watch more uh, of Sam Raimi. You know, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. Sure, even today, if they made one,
2: I'm trying I'd to watch think. It. What did Raimi do after this? There's got there's a big lull between this and Spider Man. Okay, there's For Love of the Game in 99. I'm going off oh, memory I mean, here. There's
3: Quick and the Dead. Quick and right? the Dead. Um, Thank you. I always forget about Quick and the Dead. For love simple of the, and game. the Plan is fucking um,
2: masterpiece. How did I forget about that? Yeah. The,
3: the, you know, your favorite, The Gift?
2: Oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Is that why you say <laughs> that? Good old <laughs> <The> Katie Holmes.
3: The <laughs> Gift is fucking terrible.
2: It is a bad movie.
3: <laughs> Have you ever seen a bad movie? It is. It's the fucking gift. As good as a I simple mean, plan is,
2: the gift is that bad. Oh bro.
3: As good as the Quick and the Dead, the simple a simple plan for love of the game, and then you get the gift, it's like, oh Everybody makes a mistake. What happened
2: there? <laughs> he was prepping Spider Man. He couldn't he couldn't focus fully. Yeah, the gift is awful. I forgot that in his filmography. Um but Drag Me yeah. to Hell, if we're talking about underrated Sam Raimi films, Drag Me to Hell is really good.
3: Yeah, that's so good. I mean, Oz the Great and Powerful Not so great But hey Whatever I forgot he made and that one the Doctor one. Strange Is you know What it is I, I didn't Doesn't
2: see really it Doesn't really feel like A Sam Raimi movie It kind of does But Didn't see it Have have not Gotten around to that Part of Phase 4 well, yet Yeah,
3: you're not Missing anything
2: I'm, I'm working my way through it. I'll, I'll get there eventually. Are you? How, yeah. Where are you at? How long? Uh, I think Man, I'm in Black, that many movies, black Widow there? or uh, oh, Sung Shi. Oh, God, way back there. Am I way back? I and mean, I got through The Eternals. Yeah, Black Widow? No, I the got Eternals? The Eternals. Come yeah. on, where are you at? What year are you in? I think I'm in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about enough Marvel for me at this point. No, I got a couple of them I got I to gotta check out. No, I, I think that back, I saw uh, The Last door. so. Oh, yeah. Anyways, Marvel has hijacked this What oh, did you uh, see like you
3: saw? Uh, did you also see The Guardians, Guardians 3?
2: I did. Uh, yeah, I forgot about it. That's there how memorable go. this whole phase has so been So you're all me. caught
3: up. What are you talking about? Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> I, I missed a few yeah. here and there, but I'm, I'm good to yeah, go. Oh, you are caught up. Don't worry. Well, I caught up for what? The Marvels? <laughs> no, thanks. I'd rather yeah. be behind and watch something else. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up our episode on Army of Darkness. We want to thank you guys for joining us on this look back in the third entry of the Evil Dead series, the unofficial third entry, I guess. It's the first for many, like myself and Trevor at the at the beginning there. If you haven't seen it, it's available right now as we record on Amazon Prime. It's available uh, steadily on all sorts of physical media, so you can easily find it. We want to thank you guys, as always, for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting this rate and review the show. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks.
1: Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com, Warp 9. Engage!